0: Let's open the word of the Lord to uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And we'll also read Ephesians 2 and 5, uh, uh, 2 and 5 and 2 and 6. Then we're going to go to 1 Peter. Let's start with Ephesians 1, 3. I want to talk a couple of minutes about the theme or the title, Positioned for the Coming Season." Position for the coming season. Because we need to be positioned. Amen, amen. So we, have, we need to have the correct perspective. God's going to work mightily through His people. But His people have to be in a correct posture and a correct position. Amen, amen. So Ephesians 1.3 reads as follows. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who one day will bless us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. No, nope. is that what it says? Mm-hmm. Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blesses some people with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. No? no. no. no? no. 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 You have a typo. <laughs> I think <it's> the <laughs> I, I'm still offended at, at the Lord Desk for sharing my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's not Paco; it's Papo so get it right. (laughs) P-A-P-O. Capital P to you. And if any of you call me Papo, I won't respond. Only my mom can call me Papo. That's it. And my cousin's in Puerto Rico. So that means this version must be correct. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with yes. all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Yes. You have to be in Christ yes. to be blessed Amen. with all spiritual Amen. blessings right. in heavenly places. Yes. Let's move now to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. So even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ by grace are ye saved? In other words, it's not by works. It's not how pretty you are or how good you are, how well you behave. It's by grace you have been saved. Because when you were dead, that's when Christ died for you. When you were dead in sin, Amen. that's when he died. When you were all messed up, that's when he died for you. That's when he loved you. That's when he showed his love. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so in Christ it is a very profound thing that he has done because not only has he blessed us with all spiritual blessings not only did he raise us up together with him he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so we are positionally seated with him in authority in heavenly places so you are a recognized being in heavenly places. You're not just recognized, you're sitting next to Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And then Lord of Lords and King of Kings calls you brother and sister. And then Heavenly Father calls you son and daughter. So heavenly places recognizes you as a royal priesthood. But it also recognizes you as kings. Uh, it, it recognizes you as my God, pretty much princesses and princes. Mm -hmm. So that means that when you are addressing principalities and powers who hate the kingdom of God, who hate Almighty God, they hate you too, Mm -hmm. but they can't do anything about it other than try to deceive you from the truth. Mm -hmm. So the greatest battle that is going on right now is not the fact that you have no authority, but it's that you have the authority, but you've been deceived into thinking you don't. Now let's go a moment to First Peter chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 9 through 12. Now we're just reading Scripture, because that's the greatest truth. I can comment on it. We can do a running commentary. But all we need to do is read the word to find out the truth Amen. of what he has done you know, for us, who we are in Christ, Amen. who we are by grace, not because we deserved it, not because we earned it, but Jesus loving us, loving his creation. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. See, it doesn't just say priest, it says royal. Royal has to do with... You know, having to do with the kingdom, having to do with the king. So you're part of that. You're, you're, you're a kingly priest. And a priest is somebody that intercedes for others. Yes. Stands in the gap between God and man. So you are kingly, but you're also priestly. So you're in relationship with the king of kings. But then you are also the ambassador, or you stand in the gap between God and man. So anything that's happening between God and man, you have a play in that you have authority in that. You are called to that. Amen. So anytime you pray, that's an authorized prayer. When you're praying for somebody else, it's an authorized prayer. God hears your prayer. Not only does He hear it, He positioned you to have authority to make a difference in somebody else's life because you're a priest. So you're a kingly priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you receive God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. Notice, he called us temporary residents and foreigners here on earth. So this is not our permanent dwelling. We are permanent citizens of the kingdom of God, living a temporary existence here on earth. Amen. Because our true kingdom is not this earth. That's right. I'm American, but I'm first a child of God. Yes. I belong to his kingdom. Amen. You understand? Yes. So it, for me, it's not a culture thing so much. It's not the, the place I was born from and not my parents. No, my, my heavenly father. See, I was born, but I was also born again. Yes. yes. So my born again status is even greater than my naturally born status. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So my born again status gives me an authority that my born here status doesn't or couldn't give me. Praise the Lord. It says here. Uh, Keep away, keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of wrongdoing, they will see your honorable behavior so they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Amen. Praise God. Father, we bow before you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. Father, today as we gather, uh, Lord, we're grateful. We thank you that even we woke up. It's a gift. Every day is a gift. Every moment is a gift. Thank you for the gift of relationship. Thank you for the gift of salvation and the gift, Lord God, that you give us to be able to walk with you and be your ambassadors and, and, and be part of this great and growing family. Father, we thank you. It's amazing, uh, Father, how uh, hated, uh, Lord, Christianity is becoming, but we recognize the source behind that. We, are, we, we recognize that the world is living in darkness, in other words, their eyes have been darkened, they've been deceived. And and, and it's a systematic thing where they're trying to uh, attack um, Christianity more and more, because in reality, what they are attacking is your word, your love for humanity, and the enemy is deceiving them into thinking it's something bad. But Lord, you warned us, not warned us, but you reminded us and you told us, you taught us in your word that these things would happen. But you said, don't worry, because you've already overcome the world. So, Father, we don't come in a a posture of fear. We come in a posture of love, in a posture of confidence, in a a posture, Lord God, where we expect great and mighty things in this year. Father, we thank you for saving us and for redeeming us. Now, dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you open up the eyes of our understanding, that we might understand what you're sharing to us through your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Last week, I started uh, speaking to you about that because... In the Old Testament, uh, God spoke about when you raise up a king to rule over you, uh, the king has to have a certain behavior, a certain character, a certain way of being. He has to be educated. Um, So then I related it to the fact that God has made us kingly priests. So we also have that kingly thing and we don't have uh, the luxury of just behaving any way our our flesh wants to behave. Let me just really briefly touch bases with that because we have to be very careful today as to um, how we allow our emotions to run through us. It's very important because the enemy is always attempting to affect your emotions because he knows that most Christians, um, if they feel bad, they don't have enough biblical knowledge to understand that that has nothing to do with their relationship with God. So many Christians when they feel bad or when somebody attacks them, they actually think that God's angry at them. That comes from a lack of understanding. And so last week I said this, you are not your emotions. Amen. Amen. You're not your emotions. Let me, let me go a little further, you are not your flesh. Amen. Amen. See this, this vehicle that we operate in while we're in this earth realm, this gives us the opportunity to touch people, to interface with people, to live in this world, this vehicle, this, this body, this temple. Mm-hmm. But this temple is not the real you. The real you resides in this temple. Amen. The problem with that is this temple comes from earth. And this temple, unfortunately, was affected when original sin hit the world. Amen. So in our physical state, sin dwells. Desires dwell that are contrary to the will of God. Amen. So what happens if we don't know the difference between our real self and the flesh that is spoiled, rotten, it wants its way, it only wants to watch TV, it only wants to play... Uh, what's the new m- games that are out? Hmm? Is it Xbox now? Huh? PS? PS4? Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I stopped when I was... Uh, uh, my last one was Atari. Why? Atari was great. I got what's this one? Watch, watch this one. <laughs> Commodore sixty four. Yeah, yeah, that was that was great. Super, I love Super Mario. Dun 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 you guys are terrible. You're worse than me. <laughs> no, the truth of the matter is we have to be careful because the world is constantly throwing signals at us, constantly throwing philosophies at us. Make no mistake about it. Even the movies we see have hidden agendas. They constantly throw their culture at you. And so if that's all you're seeing, if that's all you're hearing, after a while you think that that's the norm. So people that are discerning, that know the Word of God, Know how to make the dichotomy of saying we know this is the world culture. I'm no longer a part of that culture, so therefore I will not succumb to the temptations of that culture. It's the same thing, uh, you know, you get a job, and in, in the job, uh, you have to dress a certain way. If you're an executive, you have to dress probably something like this. Maybe a little toned down. I'm pretty flashy today. <laughs> yeah, just the suit go shh, 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 right? But, you know, toned down, maybe black or brown suit or royal blue. But if you come walking around, you know, with sneakers mm. and with a long T-shirt up to here, right? You show up, what's your boss going to say? You're going to say, uh, did something happen with you last night? Are you okay? This is not the culture of this office. Go home and get dressed the proper way. And then when you come back, there'll be a letter of warning on your desk stating that if you do not... Huh? Isn't that true? Right. Now, we're quick to obey that because we understand that that's the culture that we belong to that allows us to get paid. Mm -hmm. And we respect that. Mm -hmm. But yet in the kingdom of God... Mm -hmm. I didn't get one amen. All I got was Mm mmms. God says, now that you're a kingly priest, you have to start getting away. You were born again, but still the flesh has the same old bad habits and things of that nature. But now as a born again citizen, and not just a citizen, you're a kingly priest now, now you you get discipled. So what happens is God starts training you and he has a way, a system of training you. He trains you through his word. He trains you through his people. Praise God. So as right. we start acknowledging we're now part of a new kingdom. Right. See, people come from all over the world, come to America. Amen. But in order to become a citizen here in the United States, there's a process yes. for you to become Americanized, I, I guess. Isn't that true, Isn't that true right? Yes. So when a person becomes a citizen of the United States, they celebrate. This was a long process of them becoming a citizen of the United States. Yeah. Hmm? Like oh, Absolutely. Yeah, you, you go to school, you have to learn history. Yes. It, it's, it's a pretty intensive process. Right. Now you're a citizen of the United States. You, now you know how to uh, walk and act here in this United States. You don't bring uh, the system where you were before. Now you acclimate to this new system. That's mm-hmm. the same thing in Christianity. You start learning how to behave. So that's how come we can't be too judgmental. when people first in, uh, you know, I have friends of mine, they come to the kingdom, they're still smoking. Some have to run out in the middle of the service and puff a cigarette. I'd rather they go outside in the middle of the service, puff a cigarette, sit down, Amen. go ahead, just keep on hearing the word. Because what happens is that person is being acclimated to his new life in Christ. Yes. Yes. The flesh is now starting to, you know, uh, acclimate to new behavior. Because here's what happens. Now you realize the flesh is no longer the boss. Now the spirit man who now has been regenerated is the boss. So now my flesh says, well, I want to get drunk today. You go, no. Well, I want to. No. No. There's a fight. In, it, initially, there's a big fight. But after a while, your flesh starts losing the authority, and your spirit man that comes to the sun the sea, starts becoming the boss. So you know there's some things you would, would want to do, but you don't do them any, anymore because now you're a kingdom citizen. You know the word of God, and you know what pleases Almighty God. And then another thing that most people don't realize is that God created you so he knows what's best for you, right? So there's certain behaviors that we do as Americans here, because I'm dealing with particularly an American audience. You live here in the United States. Things that even though we have freedom to do, because right now they they legalize marijuana uh, in one state, so that's going to open up some very interesting doors. I know there's the medicinal issue, but you know us, we have a, a tendency we have a penchant. We have a proclivity of abusing things. You know that. It's just our nature. You give us this, we'll take this. <laughs> just the way we are. So what happens is, even though we have the right to smoke, you're going to get a cancer in your lungs. And, and, and I don't care how big and bad you think you are. It's a bad behavior. But it's an acceptable, normal behavior here. And, see, So when I see young people smoking, I go... It hurts me, you know, because they are doing it because, yeah, my my buddies do it. I'm doing it because I'm older now and I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you can. But that stuff is going to give you cancer. It's going to give you yellow teeth, more yellow. It's a natural process, but that will make it brown. Your fingers smell like smoke. Your clothing smells like smoke. You get in a car and you smoke, your car smells like smoke. You smell, yeah, like an ashtray, right? Now, again, you can do it. I'm not, I'm not, you know, please forgive me if there's any smokers here. I'm just saying that there's some things now, now by revelation, once I learn, you know, look what smoking does. What's the good about it? So after a while, you exit that behavior because you know, even though you can, you won't. Why? Because you value your temple more than being cool. Well, I smoke is I'm nervous. No, no, no. You get nervous because you're addicted. And if you don't, you know, put the nicotine in there, your body goes like that. But if you withdraw, after a while you won't get nervous anymore. You understand? And it goes like that for anything. Uh, too much food or not enough exercise. But let's go deeper. As kingdom priests, as royal priesthood, the world is watching. So out of love for those that don't know God yet, we want to be able to reflect Christ through us. Right? Because if they see Christ in us, then there's hope. And here's the problem. Many times they look at the church, they don't see Christ. They see the same thing they're seeing in the world. I'm trying. It's kind of hard. These are not the type of messages that evoke a lot of amens. So... We need to understand the importance of our, not just relationship with God, but our relationship to the world. God is seeking people that he can reflect himself through. But this is why the enemy is always attacking us. He's attacking our emotions. He tries to take our stuff away. He tries to take our peace away. So I've realized there are times in my job where my coworker might just be upset at me, might be, I don't know, agitated or or miserable, and they want to just focus it at me. Sometimes I tell my wife this all the time. Man, I don't have to look for trouble. Trouble seems to know my address. And people just come and give me a hard time. And and sometimes I find myself ministering in in, in a place where I'm in a serious confrontation. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even a part of it. what I know because I'm a kingdom citizen, I immediately go to my prayer posture. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I cancel any spirit of violence, any spirit of animosity, any spirit of division. I lose peace in this place. Devil, you're not going to have your way. And, you know, and, 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 and I pray. And then I go and confront the issue. But I confront it, not, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't do that. Because I know I'm going to get whoa, whoa right back. And the crazier one usually wins. So I'm going to stay away from... <laughs> yeah. The one that's right. What's that? Always wins? Well, no, no. Well, you know, you're right, but you're see, that's a long-term investment. Because sometimes you're right and they'll somehow or another manipulate the stuff to make you wrong even though you're right. But then that's where you as a kingdom citizen by, by revelation have to understand God's going to turn this around might be later might not be sooner but here's the problem here's where we get into the flesh our ego so sometimes you have to let that lie for a season you know lie dormant and After a while, the truth comes forth and you will be vindicated. But it's not easy because we are used to fighting fire with fire. You know, bang, you hit me, I hit you. You you spit me, I spit you right back. That's the way we are. That's the way we were trained. But as kingdom citizens, we have to rise above that because that's exactly where the enemy wants to take us. He wants to take us to the flesh so that we would not respond and reflect Christ in the middle of the situation. Because ultimately, is my ego more precious or is my relationship with God more precious? Ultimately, is my ego more precious? And what about that person that's fighting me? They're a a candidate to be saved. Maybe God's Dealing with that person, and he's fighting with God, or he, she's fighting with God, and she's upset at you because you know every time she sees you, she sees Christ, and she's fighting with Christ. But ultimately, that person is going to turn around, and you're going to be able to lead that person to saving faith in Christ. But if you fight with her, and then you let loose the cannons of mouth, you know, the mouth, what's that mouth? <laughs> you lost it and now you don't have a testimony or a witness in front of that office or in front of that person so it's going to be much more difficult for you to minister Christ to them praise God that's how come when I'm upset I feel the steam coming from here and then the steam comes up here and then the steam comes out of my ears I know that doesn't happen to any of you because you're all saved, sanctified on your way to heaven you might as well just go to heaven right now because you, you know, you, you've arrived when that steam starts coming up, I've already learned enough. Okay, that's my flesh. That's my ego. I want to respond. That's not going to give glory to God. So I'll walk away, count to 10, ask, ask the Holy Spirit for strength because I, I need to address that situation, but I'm not in the right posture at the moment. Yeah, right. So sometimes you need... So tell your, tell your neighbor, sometimes you got to walk away for a while. In Colossians Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. So even though we're still on this earth, we are born again. We are are new creations. So we don't respond the way we used to respond before because now our mind is being renewed. Every day we hear the word. Every day we we receive the laws of God. So we start understanding how to walk in a world like this. Amen. In Colossians chapter 3, in the Message Bible, it says something interesting. I want you to hear it this way. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed at the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around you in Christ, where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ and God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too, the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. You might not be famous with this perspective. I mean, I look at uh, some of these young kids like Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber and all these other, that's a lot of power to walk around as a, a young person, a lot of power. But i tell you something, they're, they're still growing, so there's still formation in the brain, it's very hard. But that's what most young people want. They want to be famous like these young kids. But they don't realize the perils and the pitfalls behind the scenes. It is devastating many times. I don't mind making more money and providing for my family. But let me tell you, there is a lifestyle. Imagine this, that you can't even walk outside your apartment, that you're going to have a throng of of paparazzi dogging you wherever you go. You go to the supermarket, they're all over your face. And they're not respectful about it. They'll hit you with the camera, they're all over you. You try you walk this way, they're here. You walk that way, they're there. You want to go to the bathroom, they're there. No privacy. And I'm not exaggerating too much. Look what happened to the princess. She was in a castle where she thought she was all alone with her husband. So she walks to the window and she's not dressed. And somebody with a long-range lens. Takes a picture of her while she's undressed. The nerve. Why did it happen? Because she was famous. So don't be quick to want to be famous. Because you don't know, you, you lose your life in a sense. You, you can, you, it's horrible. You have to rent the entire theater just to be able to sit down and watch a movie. And of course, have a whole bunch of you know, bodyguards protecting you from, from cr- potential crazy folk. So let me give you quickly five areas to consider as we seek the things above. Number one, remember that you're the salt of the earth. Amen. Remember that. Say the name of remember that. Remember. See, you're precious. Salt is a preservative. Salt makes food taste better. So wherever you go, you make the atmosphere better. Yes. Oh, you, you didn't get that. Amen. In your job, the atmosphere is better because you're there. Amen. You know why? You're salt. Salt can't help it. You take salt and you pour it in ice cream. You know what the ice cream is going to taste like? Salt. 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 Right. Yeah, huh? <laughs> well, it'll melt too. Yeah. But in other words, salt is so powerful, it affects every atmosphere. That's right. Oh, you're, you're not getting it. Right. You affect every atmosphere. Because Amen. Amen. God made you. Part of your anointing right. is salty. And salt is a preservative. But salt, guess what? Have you ever put salt in your cut? Yes. No, bro. No yeah. You never put salt in your cut? No. Never? never? never snow. All right, snow. right, when you go home, snow. cut yourself and put salt in it. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll see what i Okay, Ludi. <laughs> 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 uh, we go back a long way. and rat this rock salt. We carry rock yeah. It, it'll, it'll, it'll heal you it'll help to heal you but it will sting yeah. it won't leave you alone it'll drive you crazy you have to put water on it right away it's like salt water. guess what you're an irritant too mm-hmm. just because of the anointing that's upon you you're going to irritate people yeah. they're not going to like you yeah. and they won't even know why <laughs> you got to tell them sorry buddies I'm salty <laughs> <laughs> And then you got to explain to them what that means. It gives you an opportunity to witness. God has made us to be preservatives for our communities, preservatives for our family. Our prayers preserve, our, our, our responses. The Bible says the proper response calms anger. So God has put you in that place because he wants you to preserve that area. There are people that need to be connected with Almighty God. Another thing that Saul does, it connects the food in terms of its flavor, makes it uniform. You mix a little salt in there, it affects everything. Yep. Praise God. So God wants you to affect everything around you and make it uniform, uh, totally preserved for Almighty God. It also, uh, brings out the flavor, like chocolate, uh, cookie, it brings out the flavor. The Lourdes said, it also brings out the best flavor. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. You mean wherever I go, I bring out the best flavor in the place? Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? Same for you. Because you're a preservative. You're salt. Jesus made it very clear. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Amen. 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 Praise God. So what about this? Number two, you are the light of the world. You're also light. A city that's set on a hill. Let your light shine before others so that others may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5.14. So we're light also. I'm amazed at light because... The second you turn on light, you see everything in the room. Yes. While the light is off, you can't see a thing. Have you ever stubbed your toe when it's dark? Oh, wow. All the time. <laughs> Happened to you the other? All the time. Dude, turn on the light. <laughs> oh, on your way to find the switch. I see. All right. So put a nightstand next to you. You go. All right. No, no, it's it's funny, but it's true. I mean, years ago I said a testimony, some of you heard it, but for those of you that didn't, I'll just share it briefly. I'm a light sleeper, so uh, if I hear a noise, you know, I'll wake up quick. And I remember one occasion, uh, my wife, she went to my side, and and she opened up the window because it was so hot, and I didn't see her, but I just saw the silhouette of a person coming into the window to try to kill me. Yeah, I was half asleep. Oh, man. Huh? I what the said. he killed his girlfriend. Yeah, but luckily, mine's is still right there. <laughs> but, you know, wow. what I did, I, in my half-sleepy sleep, state, I got up and I said, who's that? And I, and I got my pillows ready. And i going to kill him with my pillow. <laughs> I said, honey, it's me, it's me. So, what's the matter? Why are you scaring me like that? But no, I, said, I couldn't see her. On another occasion, in that same house, I heard a noise in the living room. And, I, and again, half asleep. I knew it was a person that came to harm us. So I brought, some, I think I would stick you know, with me and I, and I went quickly to the living room to, I mean, to apprehend that, that criminal. <laughs> and then suddenly, it was, I had a sudden deep revelation and a sudden surge of pain surging through my head. That stopped me. It stopped me cold in my tracks. And I'm there, I'm disoriented and finally I... Gather my composure. I say, I I think this is a little too hard. I'm going to need light. So I turned the switch on. And what it was is halfway down the hall, there's a closet there with a very old door. You know, those like 90-year-old doors that have been painted like 500 times? So it was open slightly, but just enough for me to walk into the point of the door. So I'm walking and ding! So I got a deep and abiding revelation of the power of light. (laughs) <laughs> that very moment. Oh yeah, and a welt, and a, I mean, yeah, what we call in Spanish, un chichón, right? Big one too. It was a knot and a half. Oh man, I forgot about the the thief, the criminal. I forgot about why I was there in the first place. It took me a while to come to the realization that that you know, a door managed to knock me out. You're light of the world. Anything that's dark around you, you're going to shine God's light on. So it's amazing, you you, you think you have a clean room, but just turn the light on, look at the corners, dust balls. Dust balls, hair balls all over the place. Look under the bed, you know, camera, I mean not a camera, light bulb, flashlight, and what do you see under the bed? Hair balls, (laughs) more and more hair balls. (laughs) <laughs> the cat that you lost ten years ago. Yeah. You have like ten socks less. They're all under there. You know? <laughs> light. It's an amazing thing. We are. Jesus said, "I'm the light of the world." Then later on, he said, "Now you are the light of the world." So you have to understand that about yourself because you are light. And your words bring forth light. Light is revelation. Uh, Light is knowledge. So what will happen is people, as they hear you, the lights will turn on on the inside. And they'll start realizing, oh my God, there's more to life. There's more to Christianity than just a religion. It's all about Christ. And that's our responsibility. It's our privilege. Number three, also there's a peace that resides in us that is not a natural peace. It's a supernatural peace. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. There is a supernatural peace that resides in you. And when you allow God's word to permeate your heart, even in the midst of difficult times and stress, there's a peace that you could tap into. We can allow our flesh to get the best of us because we love, or rather our flesh loves to to just get caught up with crisis. People love crises because we want to show how much we're suffering. Look at me, how much I'm suffering. And other people, I know I'm suffering, but I'm suffering more than you. No, I'm suffering more than you. (laughs) We love suffering and showing it and exaggerating it. And we also love Gossip. It's juicy. It's it tastes really good. We just love it. Newspapers, journalists, major in gossip. That's what most of it is. Most of it is really non-news, other than the fact that you know this person messed up. Look what that guy said. You know we expose him. We expose her. All in the name of the people have the right to know. But most of it is just gossip. Really, some stuff I read. Especially, you know, I have an AOL account for many, many years, and I'm—I I, want to get away from AOL because it's, it's just becoming more crazy. But I have so much people, or I have so many people, correct? So many people that, that interface with me in business, and ministry. That if I change my email, I'm going to lose a lot of relationships. So I keep it there, and I no longer look too much at the AOL page. But some of the things, I oh, look! Look at her hairdo. What do I care about her hairdo? Look at the way she dress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of these things just defies understanding. Mm. And I say in Spanish, "¿Qué me importa?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to a certain degree, Facebook too. Sometimes I get in. You just say anybody spoke to me, as well? but I hear that. Okay, I walked out this morning. And no, this is. I just walked out this morning. Yeah, I'm eating. Look where I'm eating. Well, uh, anyway, the 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 thing of the matter is, (laughs) we have to understand that there's a lot of activities that are going to give you stress. A lot of things that can affect you at your at your job with family. You need to know how to bring up the peace of God that's already in you. Really, because otherwise your flesh will relish. In the sufferings and relish in this and love to get angry and love to get offended. All of that is a waste of energy. Amen. It really is. We need to walk in the peace of God. Amen. The men, the disciples were with Jesus. They got on the boat in the midst of the Galilean Sea. A storm breaks out, and what happens? Jesus is sleeping. And the guys, are going bananas. They're, we're gonna die, we're gonna die. So finally they go out and wake up Jesus. Jesus, don't you care that we perish? He goes, ye of little faith. So he walks to the front of the, the boat, lifts up his hands and says, peace be still. The storm comes down, he goes back and falls asleep. And they go, which manner of man is this? <laughs> the disciples say. In other words, he was at peace in the middle of a storm. So peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is a knowing that you know, that you know, that you know that everything's going to turn out all right, even though we might see a lot of this happening. God's going to work it out. He's going to make a way where there might seem to be no way. He will work it out. So I have peace. In the midst of storms. I have peace, even though my rent is late this month. I have peace because maybe I lost this job. But listen, I have peace because my God is my provider. If one job closes up, he'll open up seven more jobs. Praise God. If somebody doesn't like me, well, it's their loss. You understand? But I'm going to keep on praying because that relationship might be valuable to me. So I'm going to be at peace. And if I see them, I'm not going to get all upset. I'm going to say, God bless you. Love you. Remember that. And hope to restore it because maybe they misunderstood me. Peace. So say to your neighbor, we have the peace of God. Praise God. Number four, we need to realize the importance of focusing our thoughts on Jesus. Our brain moves at 500 miles an hour. We've been taught that. One thing is multitasking, but another thing is being overwhelmed with communication. Overwhelmed with things that have to be done. You know, one time Jesus was sitting down and he was sharing the word and teaching and Mary was right there and Lazarus and others were right there hearing the word, but Martha was in the kitchen cooking. So Martha came to the living room and said, Jesus, don't you care that Mary's there? I mean, just, just sit. I'm, you know, tell her to come to the kitchen to cook with me. Help me out. I'm doing all the cleaning. She Martha, Martha, Martha. You don't understand. You're busy doing many things. Mary has the best part. Mary understood how to just forget about all the things. Just push out all the things and then focus on Jesus. Yes, stuff has to be done. But there are times to shut those things off, shut down the phone, Shut it down. Shut down Facebook. Shut down the iPad. The iPod. The Nano. Oh yeah, the TV too. That's right. The radio. And get in His Word. Jesus said in Hebrews 3.1, uh, the Apostle speaking about Jesus, says, therefore holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your mind and your thoughts on Jesus the apostle and high priest whom we confess. So we need to renew our mind. I have to understand my mind is the best tool I have to be able to interface with the world, to be able to study and, and give my best, you know, in terms of my relationship with God and man, in terms of ministering the word. I have to have my brain working for me. If you allow your brain to run crazy, it'll talk to you all day. It'll tell you how horrible you are. It'll tell you how much people hate you. It'll talk to you all day. Because all of us have an internal dialogue. Do you have an internal dialogue? Raise your hand for those of you that have internal dialogue. The rest of you, the altar is open. And you can repent immediately. We have a running dialogue. So you have to grab that, grasp it, and stop all of the crazy stuff that just goes through our brain and focus. All successful people know how to do this. God's people have to become experts at that and fixing their minds and their hearts on Jesus. And the final point is without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we once again have to remember, I walk by faith, Not not by sight. I walk by faith in love. Hebrews 10:35. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you'll continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For just in a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I have taken no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. So my faith will be challenged. Tell your neighbor your faith will be challenged. challenged. But faith, in its bottom line definition, is confidence in God, His Word, and in His character and in His nature. So when I see things going crazy here, my faith in Him and His Word and in His promises will trump anything that I'm receiving from out here. Even though I'll tend to worry, my faith will restore the peace of God in me. It will just unleash it. So I can walk to things. Yes, we need to deal with the things, but I deal with it from a spirit of peace, not from a spirit of fear. Amen. So, in the coming days, in the year 2013 that we're in now, a lot of things will want to tend to bring fear to your heart or disillusionment, disillusion rather, and despair to your heart. Don't let it. Amen. Amen. Walk in peace and let the faith of God arise in you and deal with the situation. Remember, you as ambassadors and as royal priests have a very powerful ability to change circumstances Amen. and situations. Amen. Why? Because you are. Salt, Salt. you are light. 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 You're salt and light. You've been called to preserve, to change, to expose. Amen? The peace of God dwells in you. Praise the Lord. So we need to focus and refocus in this season. Because bottom line is, you can't live off my faith. And I can't live off your faith. Each one of us have a measure of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 and 3. So let's allow that faith to increase. How does faith increase? By the constant meditation of God's word. Yes. By the constant um, remembrance and meditation. Hallelujah. I know this, this doesn't have you jumping, but let me tell you, it's a good revelation to know. And this is what's going to take you over. Hallelujah. So, so I guess I, in closing, I, I want to I say this. That all of this leads us back to relationship. In John 3.16, I know it's a very obscure verse. Most people don't know this verse, John 3.16. But I'll share with you from the deep parts of the Bible, it's hidden almost. For God, yeah, it's a mystery. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world, verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but He sent His Son into the world that the world may be saved through Him. So God's not our enemy. He's our Heavenly Father. He loves us. And He's already given us all we need because we've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing. Love, peace, joy. I mean, patience. He's given us all we need. He's given us His Spirit. He's given us He doesn't give us resources. He gives us the ability to acquire resources. Deuteronomy 8.18. I give you the power or the ability to acquire wealth so my covenant may be established. So God will give you ideas, concepts, wisdom to overcome any issues. But He doesn't just want you to be an overcomer. He wants you to thrive and break through like the song said. Because you need to be in that place. I mean Joseph in the prison for a long time by the way ministered to a butcher and a baker. And a couple of other guys that were there. But watch this. The minute God took him out of the prison he was able to minister to the entire city or the entire nation. You haven't got it yet. We have gotten used to ministering to this little thing here, this little thing. We've been almost like in a prison, almost like in a, in a, in a, in a limited place. And we're used to it. We like that. We don't want uh, anything else. We're happy there. Señor, déjame aquí. Leave me here, Lord. I don't want anything else. And God said, what are you talking about? I'm about ready to shift you to minister to the nations. Hallelujah. 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 So you need to understand that there's a shift coming And you're part of that shift. And for a long time, you might have been in a limited place, but that was just God allowing some things to be worked inside of you, allowing a process to happen in and through you. But now that you're ready, now he's about ready to boom. Yesterday, as I was prayer walking, I heard this very clearly. And then I even saw almost like a vision where God was taking us from a place Uh, where uh, we went through a lot, we went through situations, but now he says, now I give you the cantilever. And I saw like a cantilever, almost like a seesaw. But in the seesaw, I saw that I just pushed a little and then a lot happened. You know, a lever can give you more leverage. So God says, you're coming into a season of leverage. (laughs) Where, Where you do this and God just exaggerates it and multiplies it and amplifies it. Hallelujah. So I, I appreciated that. And, and then the Lord, you know, He shares some things personally to me and I, I'm excited about them. But just understand some people. He's about ready to make your light shine. Hallelujah. He's about ready to allow others to taste your salt. Hallelujah. And it's all for the purposes of other people coming to saving faith in Christ. But He trusts you enough. He loves you so much. He's been working in you for a long time. He's been preparing you for a long time. Hallelujah. So get ready. Don't let anything limit you. For you younger folk, he says, I'm young too. But well, for you younger folk, the Bible says, don't let anybody, anybody make you feel less than just because you're a young person. Well, be an example of the youth in all these areas, in your lifestyle, in your actions, in your words, in your deeds. So get ready because there's a shift and I believe the shift already happened in the spirit. Now it's just going to manifest itself in the coming days in our lives. As we see it, it's going to actually surprise some of you. because It's going to take you by surprise. You're going to see, whoa, I, I only expected this. Because we, you know, we're that way. So I'm going to do this and I expect this. And suddenly you're going to get a lot, a lot more. And God's going to get glory. And the people are going to be blessed. And you're going to grow as a child of God.